Hi, I'm Anna. And I'm Kristen. We're best friends who both happen to have been born with limb differences. Join us as we talk about the many ways our limb differences impact our lives. From medical intervention to bullying to dating, we're covering it all. And we hope you'll share your stories with us along the way. This is Life and Limb. Hello, everybody. Hi. Listen to that beautiful theme music just fading out. Uh, so long stargazer excellent band thank you for the theme music again they're on spotify go check them out have to do your so long stargazer plug in every episode absolutely i should that do band. that yeah i miss those you really guys should. <laughs> they're awesome yes so welcome back everybody we are on episode seven of our podcast oh my gosh it's crazy. I'm almost running out of fingers to count on at this point for the number of episodes we've done. But I could is, count them on my toes. You still can. Absolutely. I can. <laughs> so guys, today is a really, really special episode because we have our very first interview um, and it's a big one. We are so excited to have this guest on today. Kristen, tell us who our guest is. Our guest is Nicole Brennan from I Am Possible Foundation. <laughs> And she is located, we'll let her tell us. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, I'm in the UK near Chichester, if anyone would know where that is, but not many people will. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we've gone yes across the ocean to find our first guest star ever, and we're very excited. We're international now. So Nicole, hello. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. How are you guys? Doing good. Still getting started for the day, but <laughs> yeah, because it is um, 11 a.m. our time and it is 4 p.m. then your time, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just gone for. <laughs> Nicole, again, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so, so excited to talk to you about um, you and the I Am Possible Foundation. So, just to get started, um, we usually do two different segments at the beginning of our podcasts. We do a let's catch up where we just talk about some things that have happened with our limb differences or unrelated to our limb differences since the last time we recorded. And then we do a we see you, which is where we highlight somebody in the limb difference community or related to the limb difference community who's doing awesome work. So, um, first of all, let's catch up. Let's catch up. <laughs> um, so Kristen, do you want to go first? Sure. I'll go first. This is, um, it's a little bit more of a shout out and a catch up, but since the last time we talked, um, my parents informed me that my grandma wanted to listen to the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. but, um, she didn't really have any um, subscriptions to any podcast listening platforms. So my dad was um, helping her to set up a Spotify account. And um, she has since caught up on all of our episodes. And this is the grandma that in the adaptations episode I talked about, she helped sew Velcro into um, some of my pants and shorts and underwear so that I could get them on over that big brace. Oh so gosh. yeah, so she's been... She's just a lovely person and she, you know, a lot of families hopefully have extended family that are very helpful and very supportive when you're going through whatever your journey is with your limb difference, whether it's surgery or um, multiple surgeries or not at all or an amputation um, and working with a prosthetic. There are so many people involved who just help the inner circle of like love and support and just, you know, getting through tough time. So my grandma uh, was and continues to be a huge part of my network of support. And I'm just so excited that she's able to listen. So hi, grandma. And I just thought that that was really sweet. And I'm really excited to know that she can hear this now. Oh, that is so wonderful. Yeah. Um, hi, Kristen's grandma. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for everything you have done mm -hmm. for Kristen throughout the years. That is absolutely yeah, amazing she's, to hear that you were so supportive. She's pretty much the best. So oh, I love, I love you, grandma. I love you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> so for my little catch up this week, um, I, I just have been thinking a lot about, like you, kind of like adaptations and things that I've been doing lately. And one of the things that I do um, constantly throughout the holiday season is I craft. I love to make homemade, handmade gifts for people. Yeah. And 
so I've been doing a lot of knitting and crocheting lately, and I have found a couple of patterns that require certain stitches that are new to me and certain things that I've never done before. And I've been having to look up all these YouTube video tutorials to kind of like teach myself how to do them. Mm-hmm. And of course, the knitters and crocheters have typical limbs. And so I see like people doing these things with five fingers that I'm like, okay, how do I replicate uh. that? And but I just had this little moment of pride recently where I there was a new stitch that I was learning and I figured out a way to do it even though it looked like it required all five fingers on the right hand. I was able to find a way to do it with my right hand with three Aww. fingers and it was just a really cool moment for me where it was one of those reassurances that, yeah, I really can do anything I want to You should do. make your own video of like – I should. Seemingly complicated thing that I found a way to um, to do with, you know, my quote unquote limitations. And yeah, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, just a tiny little shout out and we're, we'll talk about her more on another episode, but there is a listener out there. Her name is, I believe it's Eva. It may be Ava, um, but Eva Fern, I think is how you say her last name. And um, she sent us in a question that we will address during the dating episode. Oh. But um she posted on the Three Hand Families group that I'm a part of on Facebook a video of her actually um, crafting. And it was bizarre because it was like watching my hands at work because she has my exact same limb difference on her right hand. And it was just this mind-blowing thing to me because I'd never seen like that. And it was like a f- point of view perspective. Yeah. And I was just like, is this like me? other than yourself? Yeah. It was really cool to see. Well, that's what, yeah. The first time you encounter someone's limb who like looks like yours, but it's not, you have this sort of out of body experience with it. Like, is that me? No, it's not. But it's just, it's so disconcerting in that moment. <laughs> disconcerting in a like a cool yeah, way though. Yeah. It's like finding out you have a twin, but only in a very specific area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, Nicole, let's catch up with you. What's going on in your world? Okay. So, um, I am 35 weeks pregnant. Pretty 36. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I I drive with no adaptions. Um, I just sit a bit closer to the wheel um, so that I can reach with my arms. Um, And I can drive with my right hand as easy as my left. But because of my bump... (laughs) I went to click my chair in place um, the other day and realized that I I can't do both. <laughs> so my bump is so big now that it touches the steering wheel for me to be able to reach it. <laughs> so I'm kind of at my limit. I can still drive at the moment, but I'm having to kind of like sit forward a bit and um adapt in a different way I guess so it's on the adaption theme oh, no. well luckily you're about at the end so hopefully <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it just made me laugh oh that's funny oh my gosh well yeah, actually it. um that was going to be the first question but should we talk about your limb difference now since you're since we're talking about your um your catch-up for the week like maybe we should tell people what your um what your limb differences are Sure. Yeah. So um, I was born with amniotic band syndrome. So on my right arm, just below my elbow, I I, I have kind of like five inches and then some little fingers. So I was kind of it was explained to me when I was younger that um, it's kind of a pre-stage of a hand. It just stopped growing. Um, so it's got all the bones and the fingers and everything and a wrist. But it's just below my elbow so that's my I've only got that one limb difference but yeah I didn't actually find out the the proper term for it until I was maybe 20 27 so (laughs) it's just been my little arm yeah yeah I think both of us found out the terms for our limb differences well into adulthood so um I found out two weeks into this podcast so (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah um yeah, so I I think that's fascinating too that you you have 
all of the bones there that just didn't develop further. I think that's something that I hadn't realized about congenital amputees is that sometimes there are all of the developed bones, but just underdeveloped in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, that's really neat. Yeah. That's it. Like when I roll my wrists and things, it feels the same. So I can like click my bones like, like a wrist. Oh, wow. It's like a little party trick. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. See, that would be good in the sense of humor episode. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, Nicole, the next thing we typically do is our We See You segment. And what we do with that is we just highlight, um, as I said before, somebody in the limb difference community or somebody who is tangential to the limb difference community who's doing awesome things. And we thought it would be really cool if you would do us the honor of doing our We See You segment this week. So do you have anybody in mind that is somebody you want to shout out? Sure. Um, It was really hard, actually, to think of just one person. Um, But I, I came down to one person. So the Amplified OT on uh, Instagram, she's known as, or Audrey, and um, her account is, it's really great. She's an OT with a limb difference, and she's also had an amputation as well. Um, and she shares a lot of educational content on disability, limb differences, and inclusivity. But uh, at the moment, she's doing like a Christmas wish list. Aww. So it's like an inclusive one with all these products that um, are either adaptive or inclusive. They've got one post and it was on children's books, which was really great because I'm I'm trying to find some inclusive books for my son, who's two and a half. And these are all books that address difference or start the conversation. So it just really stood out to me and I just really enjoyed it. And I'm definitely going to get some. Oh, that's really sweet. Can you say the name of the account again? It's the Amplified OT. The Amplified OT. Okay, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Same. That is yeah. absolutely wonderful. And I that's one thing that I've noticed is that there are all of these inclusive books now that are available for children that I don't know if you did over in the UK, but we certainly didn't really have those growing up. And so I never saw in my favorite children's books or anything, anyone who looked like me. And I think representation mm-hmm. is so important, especially for children that, I mean, that's just really wonderful. Yeah. I love that a lot. The Amplified OT. Go check we it see out. you. Yeah, we yeah. see you. And thank you for being awesome and for bringing representation and awareness to the community. I love that. I do too. Yeah, definitely. So let's just launch into our conversation at this point. Nicole, again, we are so excited to have you on. Um, and it's it's amazing to have a guest who is actively doing the work to bring awareness to the limb difference community. And um, I guess our first question for our listeners is, can you tell us a little bit about the I Am Possible Foundation? Like, what's the origin story? How was it founded? And kind of why? Um, yeah, I was trying to narrow this down a bit. It's, it might be a long story. Um, so I always knew I wanted to work with other people with limb differences. And I've always been aware of how different my self-perception and growing up would have been with a limb difference if I'd had the right support around me. So I really wanted to improve that for younger generations so I got a degree in psychology I aimed to use that to go into art therapy and then go into the I don't know what you call kind of the support centers where you get kind of your prosthetics and everything in in the U.S. but we call it an enablement center so go into those that's a good name (laughs) what do you guys call that is there a name for it here? I'm not positive. It's just like physical therapy centers or clinics or something. Yeah. I don't know. An enablement center. I love that. Enablement center is so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Can roll it out in the US. <laughs> okay. So sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I was just fast. That's such a great name. And it's, yeah, it's definitely different than what we call it here. But um, yeah. Okay, sorry, continue. That's <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go in to support children when they come in for their appointments and kind of open the discussion around their difference because for me it was a bit of an elephant in the room. I, It was, she doesn't have an arm, but we're not going to talk about it. So I never had the chance to accept that and kind of have that, posi- that body positivity. So that's what I wanted to do. And then life happened and I ended up, sewing interiors for a luxury 
car brand. <laughs> so went very uh, down a very different career path for a while. <laughs> so then I became a mum. And it really kind of unearthed all of the issues that I hadn't quite processed in terms of my limb difference. So um, maybe perceptions around my ability as a mum, have people watching me do things like changing my my son, um, putting him in a car seat, things like that. I just I it unearthed all these things that I hadn't quite realised that I hadn't dealt with, and it kicked me into realising that that was my passion again kind of reignited it so it also kind of reminded me of this story of when I was little and I went to an enablement centre and in this like visit to the enablement centre basically I was doing an activity I think we were making cakes or something with some other children with limb differences and um, there was a little boy there and he didn't have a limb difference that I could see and I kind of I remember watching and being like well not why is he here but what what's brought him to this session and it took me a long time until <laughs> I like looked at the mum that was with him and I realized that she was the one with the limb difference and it was like mine and it just blew my mind like that I didn't know I I could be a mum and I was like five I just thought it was all written off for me I couldn't have that normal life because I hadn't seen it I hadn't seen anyone do it it was like a really pivotal moment in my life, which I hadn't realised until I had my son and it kind of unearthed that. So it just reminded me of how much we need to increase the visibility of people with limb differences and educate as well. Because that ableism that was already internalised in me when I was five, not much has changed really in terms of that. So that was kind of where the fire came to start it. So when my son was, I think he was 10 months old when I started <laughs> my Impossible Foundation. Oh my gosh. So you were a, a mother of a very young baby starting a foundation. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> very but impressive. I love, I love that it came full circle, that that moment when you were so young, watching someone else be a parent is what like came screaming back to you then when you yourself became a parent and like, like you said, reignited the passion to do um, to start this foundation. So that's, yeah, it's like something came full circle there. So tell us what, what is your mission with, um, the I am possible foundation and like, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? What sort of, um, activities or outreach do you have? What are your goals? So our mission is to increase visibility, create a community and distribute information and resources as well. And we hope to hold some events maybe next year once, um, mm-hmm. once we're allowed to get together again that would be amazing and through doing this we want to equip and empower individuals with living differences to challenge perceptions on ability and overcome obstacles so for me it's it feels like we are born into a world that's not adapted to us and it's showing the world that we are able and that maybe the world needs to change or we the way we do something is different but that's all fine yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that a lot in um, I, probably the adaptations episode where it just feels so often like things are not made for you and you make do as best you can, but sometimes you just wish it felt made for you the way it probably does for other people. So that's, I love that. That's a very good mission. And hopefully that's something we'll get closer to in the near future. And so speaking of things being made for you and adaptations and everything. I've noticed um, on your website that uh, the organization seems to have a really big focus on fitness. Um, Can you talk a little bit about why that's important to you and why that's part of the I Am Possible Foundation? Sure. Yeah, I think it's it's like what you covered in in your adaptations episode. But um, for me personally, fitness and the gym and all those kind of activities has always been a bit of a trigger point for me and it made me feel really disabled um, because I love the idea of weightlifting and just all the equipment when you go to the gym is it's all Mm two-handed like let's be honest (laughs) so yeah like I I really wanted from a personal point of view but also from talking to other people with limb differences I wanted to explore the adaptations that are out there what other people have 
come up with to adapt to that equipment and empower people to approach activities and workouts and not be scared because I I kind of when I was younger I would avoid those activities and I would hate PE and things like that so it's one of the main activities you do isn't it when you're a child yeah the gym like whether it's your gym class as a kid or even as an adult like going to a gym it's already kind of an intimidating place to be (laughs) unless you're a super like fitness expert. Um, so yeah, approaching, I mean, I, I encounter some things with my leg and my foot, but with you guys, you're right. Everything is two handed. A lot of the arm weight machines, like you, I don't even know how you would do that. So I think for me, I, that was one of the things that stopped me for a long time from weightlifting because I was, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember in gym class just even trying to do push-ups there. I was always so embarrassed because I my wrist just doesn't support my body as well as my left wrist does, my little wrist. And I was so embarrassed that it was very, very difficult for me to do push-ups and there were no modifications offered in gym class, no adaptations offered. So I was the one out of all of my peers who was really struggling and it was always really embarrassing. And so for a long time, I avoided the gym and fitness just in general. Well, like, Did I, you do those, like the the testing, the, what is it called? The presidential, oh, the fitness, presidential testing? fitness testing. And there's I no, don't, as far as I know, like there was no separate class or separate instructions for anyone who was physically limited from doing any of the testing areas. And no adaptations offered. Again, right. like, yeah. do, the, do a pull-up. Like, how am I supposed to do a pull-up if I can't even properly grip the bar, you know, without <laughs> some form of assistance? So did you guys have something like that over in the UK, Nicole? Um, we've got something called a bleep test. I don't know if that's similar, but that was mostly running. But yeah, we didn't we didn't have any adaptations offered to us. We, I used to get in trouble quite a lot in PE because I'd just mess around to try and kind of divert away from the fact I couldn't do something. So that's how I coped with it. Yeah, and they probably like <laughs> scold you and try to like yeah. you know tell you to get in there instead of actually addressing what the issue is. So, ugh. so actually, I just have a question that I thought of that wasn't on our list, but I'm just curious now, um, because you said your son is two and a half. Has he asked you questions about, about your arm or your limb difference? And how do you, how have you talked to him about that? Yeah. Funny enough, he, um, he just did that last week. So he was, um, I was like lying down with him and he just looked at my arm and he was like, what's that? (laughs) I was like, it's mommy's hand. And he was like, that's not a hand. I went, well, it's mummy's hand. <laughs> I was like, it looks different, but it's mummy's hand. And he was like, yeah. And then he hugged it, gave it a kiss and said he loved it. So, Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> that was kind of the end of the conversation. And they carried on with his day. Oh, my God. That's so sweet. It was really sweet. I think that's such a sweet thing about little children, too, is that they're so willing to just accept, like, Okay, like that's that's my hand. Yeah, it went right from what is this? It looks different. I love it. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but I was a coordinator for a day camp program in college. That was kind of my summer job. And there was this little boy who was five years old. He was in the absolute youngest group um, of the of the day camp. And he just got very attached to me. He was like my little buddy. He was my little shadow. He followed me around everywhere whenever I was around. And one day he asked to hold my hand while we were walking back to his classroom. And I I gave him my left hand to hold. And he goes, no, 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 not that one, the other one. And so I, I gave him my right hand to hold. And I said, oh, why, why, why this one? And he goes, well, it's just so much easier for my little hands to hold. And I mean, I melted on the spot. And I think children just, there's something so sweet about a little child. Just, you know, they, they don't have the prejudice yet. And I have that too, where they like, if a kid, I don't work with children very much, but if friends have kids or, you know, when I have been around um, activities where there are children present, a lot of times the way that I get them, if they notice my foot and seem sort of confused by it, a lot of times I'll point out that their shoe would fit my little foot and they're just so (laughs) delighted by that. And then they just think it's so funny and cool and they just kind of get over it so quickly. I love that about kids. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um. So Nicole, it, I I looked at the website and I noticed <laughs> you're my age. You are 28 <laughs> years old and you are the founder of a foundation. I mean, that's incredible to me. I think being accomplished like that at such a young age is amazing. And you're a mother to one and almost two children. I mean, I think that's that's amazing. And I, I just I'm wondering from like a female perspective and from like an ageism perspective, have you faced any particular challenges being a young woman or a young mother um, when you're interacting with people and as the founder of an organization? Has that come into play at all? It's hard. I think in terms of kind of the gender situation, when I look at kind of my statistics in terms of who's involved, it's only, I think it's 70, 30% in terms of like 70% women and 30% men that even follow the foundation's Instagram account. And I think women are more kind of involved in the movement almost because I have a lot of mums that contact me with children with limb differences. And then um, all of all of my ambassadors are actually female as well. Um, so I don't know if it's because there's almost that kind of female, like women are more open about talking about the emotional side of it because there's a lot of an emotional side to growing up with a limb difference, I think, and processing it and talking about your experiences. So in terms of gender, I don't, I haven't really experienced anything yet. I think next year is going to be an intense year in terms of um, approaching other organisations, getting, we're not kind of registered with the charity commission yet in the UK. So that's our next challenge because of COVID, it's just slowed it down. So I think, I'm sure it will come up. I used to kind of experience it a lot with my old job in terms of being a young female, but at the moment, not so much. I think the main thing for me now is just that I started it when my child was so young and I've got another one on the way. So it's juggling all of that together. Yeah, that would be hard. I wonder if... um... But it's my passion, so I love it anyway. Yeah. I wonder if part of the like with it being mostly females who are involved, like not only the emotional side of it, but I wonder if it's because we're already a little bit used to fighting for inclusivity and representation in different areas that it's just sort of not more in our nature, but it's like, this is just another thing to tack on to this fight that we're already so used to doing in our daily lives. Yeah, definitely. That's just a, just a random perspective and, and maybe a little presumptuous, but Makes sense to me. I think it's an interesting thing to consider and explore, though. Um, so you also, in the foundation, you have the ambassador program. So tell us a little bit about that. How do you get to be an ambassador? Who can be an ambassador? Is it international membership? Yeah, it is. So, um, yeah, our ambassadors are um, a network of international volunteers. So um, you can apply online. We've just got a little form to fill out just so that we kind of get to know you more than anything. It's not, it's nothing formal, but um, it's anyone who's kind of interested in fighting with us to change that narrative around ability and engage people with our work. So there's loads of ways of supporting us through that ambassadors program. So we ask that people um, kind of, they can supply us with blog pieces if they're moved to write something for us or um, social media posts as well. So just tagging us. Social media is huge um, in terms of growing our, our foundation. Um, fundraising support as well. So we've had, um, like last year, I don't know if you saw the pictures on our website, but we did a Tough Mudder. Yes, I love that. I want to do one of those so bad. And yeah, I, I was really excited when I saw that you guys had that as one of your activities. <laughs> Don't scare me. <laughs> they scare me too, but that's, that's partly why I want to do it. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> do you guys have anything like that over over in the US? Or do we have tough mutters? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I've never done one. I've had some friends ask me if I wanted to before, but I haven't awesome. yet. Okay, so we can do tough mutters, <laughs> and that's. I think. I think that's a huge thing too like I saw that picture and I was like, they are, they're really fun 
I was like, look at all of these people with limb differences out there doing a freaking tough mutter. I mean, like that's, I mean, that's hard for a normal athlete. And then to have the added like element of limb difference to be an adaptive athlete and then to do that, that's, it's just, you can do anything you want. That That's just the recurring theme for me throughout this whole podcast is like, there's a way to do whatever you want to do. So um, you've got the ambassador program. Yeah, people can apply. Um, we've even had, so depending on skills as well and experience, some of our ambassadors have been invited to join our committees. So we've got like the fitness one. Um, we're we're going to develop ones around support, parenting, education. So um, if anyone's interested in that, they can join and um, kind of give their expertise there. And we've also had one of our ambassadors turn to become a trustee. So Shannon Crossland has become a trustee now, which we're super excited about. So it can it can go anywhere. It's just a team of awesome people, basically. That's wonderful. And I think, okay, so the word trustee, I think, may be a regional thing. So can you explain to me what a trustee is and what their role is in the organization? Sure. So um it's there's different words for it like you said it can be like a board member trustee but basically they're kind of they're a team of people that guide the foundation to their mission and their goals so um they're kind of like the conscience as well so I'm the founder but I need to kind of pull on all these people to ensure that the foundation's going in the right way and it's kind of makes it kind of a well-rounded board Excellent. Yeah, I think having a diversity of voices, a diversity of experiences, people with different limb differences, and just all of that, I think helping to guide the organization gives it a wealth of different experiences to draw from because no two experiences are the same. Kristen and I have vastly different experiences when it comes to our limb differences. And so I think that inclusivity of people with different experiences and different voices is very important. And I'm glad to see that I Am Possible has a breadth of individuals heavily involved in the organization yeah. too. Or like like we were talking about, even if you your experience isn't as the person with the limb difference, it's as the child of or the parent of. Those are completely different, but very, very important and interesting conversations to hear. That just even within the community, it's stuff that I I had never thought of before, like what that experience is like from that perspective. So yeah, that's very cool. Is there any other way other than being um, an ambassador that people can get involved or to help support I Am Possible? Sure, yeah. Um, the, we, I've got a lot of a lot of supporters that aren't kind of labelled as ambassadors. A lot of people have offered to share our supporting information, our leaflets. We just had a, a huge amount printed, so I'm shipping them off to people to distribute in their local clinics, their enablement centres, uh, labour wards, where you kind of get your scans done. We've also got them online as well, so you can download them, print them, share them. Uh, and then also, I think, like, following us, sharing your stories as well with us, tagging us in your, in your social media so that we can kind of grow that community and spreading the word about our work and having discussions around limb differences like like what you guys do it's awesome like I love listening to your podcasts uh-huh. so just opening that that channel of communication and that's the first kind of the step to changing perceptions around disabilities limb differences everything that's amazing I think that's really important for people to know too is that there are so many different ways to advance this conversation and you don't have to have an abundance of resources to do it you just have to you just have to get out there and be willing to be yourself and show people who you are and what you can do and I think that is a really valid way to kind of change the narrative so I th- those were all of the actual questions we had for you, but we've got a little bit of time left. So I just thought maybe we could chat for a little bit about like some of the topics that we've already covered on our podcast, if that's okay with you. Yeah, 100%. That'd be great. So I want to I wanna know, this is maybe putting you a little on the spot, but um, since our most recent episode was The Sense of Humor, do you have any like jokes or stories or just little things that you think are funny and that are specific to having a limb difference that just brings joy to your life? 
<laughs> um, I there's one funny story that came up when I was listening to your podcast, which um, is kind of like a little inside joke with my family. So obviously, with your family, you kind of you're just you. You don't talk about your limb difference so much. Maybe everyone says they kind of they forget that you've got a limb difference. And uh, my one of my brothers, I've got twin younger brothers, and um, they they wanted to play um, rock paper scissors. Do you guys have that over there? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yes. <laughs> so I I was like, yeah, sure. Like we were, I think we were doing it over. <laughs> I think we were doing it over something like food or like who was gonna have the last bit of something <laughs> so we got to the end and they were like I win and I was like no you don't that was scissors so they couldn't see what I was doing but I was telling them that I won because they'd show me their hand <laughs> so if they did paper then I'd be like oh, scissors and they could never win and they just they both like fell apart laughing <laughs> that is so hilarious <laughs> so that one always goes down well because <laughs> I, I mean what are they gonna say they have no way to prove what your intention was but the other thing oh yeah if my um if my husband annoys me then I'll hold my arm up like a gesture at him and he's like what was that and then I'll say like that I'm swearing at him or whatever and he'll be like oh I can't see that so it doesn't count <laughs> but <laughs> it's just little things like that I love that. I, that's such a clever way to use your limb difference <laughs> as a total advantage in a situation, which I think is something that we all find joy in as people with limb differences, finding those little moments where it's a total plus. Um, so one of the questions I had relating back to another episode of ours, I think it was our second episode actually, is um, what language do you prefer to use to refer to your limb difference? Mm. Yeah, so I call it my arm. I used to call it my little arm. Now it's just my arm. But then obviously once I kind of set up the foundation, it's limb difference. I got asked yesterday about the word disability, which is what you guys discussed, I remember. I still, I still, it sits, it sits a bit funny with me because it's saying that you're unable. Like when I remember one of you had said that as well. So um, I'm still not kind of, keen on that word Mm. but yeah um little arm yeah I it's also it's funny when you just the words that you know you probably shouldn't like as much but they've all you have ever had so like for me birth defect I don't like disability and I never have but birth defect doesn't bother me as much as I internally feel like it should because it's just it was the easiest way that I had for the longest time to talk about my limb difference. So, but I'm very aware that the term itself is problematic. So I don't know. It's a weird. Yeah. I think, I think for me and I probably all of us who were born either in the nineties or the eighties language has evolved so much since then. And the way we speak about things has changed. And for, for us, we had certain vocabulary back then that we always used and got ingrained in us that is not really no, any – it's not really appropriate at this point in time. So I, I still slip up sometimes, and I know Kristen has talked about this, where we call it something that's probably like almost rude now, but it's what we knew and it's what we had to discuss our limb differences for a very long yeah. time. I feel like I would only use those words talking about myself now, though. Exactly. You know, like I would say, oh, it's just, it's a birth defect, but I would never go up to someone else and ask, you know, oh, can you tell me about your birth defect? So (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) No, but to me, it's perfectly acceptable to talk about myself that way. I just wouldn't. So it's weird. There's definitely an awareness that it's not the best term. So Nicole, um, we we haven't done this episode yet, um, but I think it's probably going to be our next episode. So this might be kind of a good little lead-in to it. Um, you have mentioned you are married. You have two children. Well, one and not one and a half. You have <laughs> one child. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. You you are married with yeah. a family, um, and I know that for us, we've discussed that 
dating and relationships with a limb difference are a little bit different than somebody with typical limbs may experience. So how was that for you um, when you were dating or when you met your husband? Was there anything that you had to consider that might be different than the typical experience in that realm? Um, So we actually kind of started seeing each other when we were 14. (laughs) So (laughs) we've known each other since school. Um, so in terms of I'm not really done kind of like the classic dating like or any of the lovely apps that are out there or anything I have it because um, I think I think about that now and I think thank goodness I don't have to navigate that with a limb difference for me because I don't know if I'd be confident enough to do that but um, yeah I, I'm very kind of my husband he's he's super supportive he always has been it was more his his family kind of getting used to it because they'd never seen anybody with a limb difference before. But yeah, I don't really have any kind of funny stories or anything because we've been together for over half our lives now. Yeah. So you sort of got to avoid all of that awkward, (laughs) someone not knowing until like seeing you for the first (laughs) day. Yeah. Yeah. But how was that Um, in school for you um, growing up? Like how was it having having a limb difference and just your peers, how did they react to it? Were, did you experience any bullying or was it, I mean, for us, I think any bullying we've talked about that we experienced typically overwhelmingly was not about our limb differences, but again, your mileage may vary. Everybody has different experiences. So what what was your interaction with your peers like growing up? Um, yeah, so I was quite similar. I'm really lucky I didn't have any bullying around my limb difference. Um, it was, again, like the elephant in the room. We did No one really spoke about it, except for close friends. So some of my friends would name my little fingers, because I've got five little fingers, like little kind of bubbles, um, and they would name them. So we had separate like little names for all the fingers. I think that was a way of us kind of accepting <laughs> my limb difference together. Um, and I think the only thing that I had an issue with really was I moved schools. I moved primary schools when I was um, in my final year. And so I think I was about 10. And what I decided to do was wear my prosthetic and not tell anybody. So I had this really unconvincing prosthetic hand, um, which was like three times darker than my my natural skin colour. So it it must have been super obvious to everybody. But for a whole week, I thought I'd fooled everyone. I thought I was really (laughs) smart. (laughs) And um, I didn't realise that actually the the day before I started, they'd sat my whole class down and said, look, like Nicole's starting tomorrow. She has, she has like a, a limb different. She has one hand. So kind of, they must have said, just don't say anything, just leave her alone kind of thing. So I went around thinking I'd fooled everybody. Everyone knew it was fake. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I revealed it to this girl that had become my friend. And she was like, I know. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it a week ago before I even knew you. Oh my gosh. So other than that, <laughs> it was pretty smooth sailing. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I literally took her to like a I literally took her to like a corner and I like took my arm off, like rubbed my sleeve up, took my arm off and like thought it was this big deal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That's it would have been nice if they would have told you that they were gonna, you know, make an announcement to your entire class. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they were they were trying to be very, you know, accommodating and to, you know make life easier for you. So their intentions were good, I think. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing for me. As long as the intent is good, it's like, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. You can let some things slide. I thought of a question because Anna has brought this up. Um, I remember, I don't know which episode, but you, for one of your catching ups, I think, you talked about how a good thing with COVID and with quarantining and being socially distanced is that you don't have to shake hands nearly as often. And that was really fascinating for me, just how much anxiety must come with that. So Nicole, with this being your um, your right arm, how do you approach meeting someone when they go to shake your hand? And what is that experience like for you? 
Yeah, so when I remember when um, that came up in the podcast, that made me smile because, like, yeah, I was <laughs> I was pretty happy that we didn't have to shake hands anymore, and it was kind of banned. Like elbow touches is perfect for me, <laughs> so <laughs> I was pretty pumped. Um, I remember actually the first time someone shook my hand. I think I was I was showing this um, someone around our primary school, and I think I was only like six, so it was the first time I encountered it. And he held his hand out to me. And yeah, obviously, yeah, my, it being my right hand, I didn't know what to do. So I kind of, I presented my left hand and flipped it. So like an upside down kind of holding hands. It was super awkward even then. I remember thinking like, oh, this this isn't right. <laughs> but go like when I grew up, I, I didn't really change that approach. <laughs> I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> So then I went into kind of a business where it was it was very custom, like accustomed to shake everyone's hand. So it became a huge anxiety for me, like you were saying. But I did kind of end up just almost holding people's hands. It was it's super awkward. It's either that or you present your my my limb different hand and I <laughs> I don't know what their reaction would have been. Yeah, I I know for me, there was one point in my life where I got really fed up with, you know, the the reactions from the handshakes. And so I started trying to shake people's hand with my left hand, which was even weirder because that's not <laughs> that's not how people shake hands. And so like it, it became even more awkward. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going back to the way I was doing it before. But um I, I, I've always thought maybe I could go back if we do go back to handshakes, which I'm hoping they're canceled forever. But if we do go back to handshakes, <laughs> maybe I'll do one of those things where I just present my hand, like, you know, to be kissed or something like royalty. Because <laughs> that won't be awkward at all, Anna. <laughs> no, not at all, right? I mean, I know, I know my worth. Well, as someone who, I mean, I don't have that limb difference, I don't know what I would do as the person on the other end. So even as a person who's aware of limb differences, who understands what it's like, I wouldn't know, like, do I, do I touch the end? Do I kind of grab like a few inches up on your arm? How tight is too tight? Am I going to hurt you? I would have so many things running through my head, even as someone who is part of this community. So I really do I feel for people when they are thrown off by what should be just an everyday encounter and they just are presented with something that they were not expecting. It is so awkward. This is why we should abolish handshakes. They are ableist and we should not. (laughs) I have strong opinions. I don't disagree. Yeah, it's no one likes this experience. So let's just stop it. And I mean, now, like, we know so much now about how viruses are transmitted so easily by shaking hands. I just think I mean, the flu is always out there. COVID may we may have a vaccine, we may eradicate it someday. But I mean, there's always going to be disease. I say we just stop handshakes. Can we bow? Can we go back to like bowing? Yes, like let's take the Eastern custom of bowing to each other. I think that is so much better. (laughs) I like it. Let's do that. (laughs) Well, Kristen, unless you have any other questions for Nicole, I I guess I was going to say, Nicole, is there anything else you want to share with us um, about your limb difference, about I am possible? Um, Just anything you want to say to kind of wrap up the podcast for today? Oh, I don't know. It's been it's been great to talk to you guys, and I just I love um, listening to you every every other week, right? Yes. Um, I think it's really good all these discussions that are being had on podcasts, on social media, all the Instagram lives that are going on. It's just good to get that discussion going, and it's great to meet other people that have got the same handshaking experiences and <laughs> all these things. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just it's it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. We didn't even tell her to say that. <laughs> no, she said that all by herself. <laughs> That's one thing I think, like, Kristen and I are very close friends for a multitude of reasons far beyond our limb difference. But I think that was one of the things that really brought us together at first was just this shared experience that it's so rare to find somebody who understands all of the funny and awkward and lovely and weird things that you've been through in life um, with a limb difference. And I think being able to talk to somebody about that and now being able to 
be part of this limb difference community where we all are able to share these funny and weird and awkward and lovely experiences is really something special. So um, we so appreciate the work that you are doing as well. And I just having you compliment us is like I'm starstruck. I think it's – Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> – it's – Lovely to, yeah, to have this experience to get to know you, someone that we think is doing awesome work and to feel that back. That's, yeah, that's very cool. And I am so happy that you were able to do this and hopefully we can, you know, down the line, check in with you and have you back on for an update. Um, Yeah, this has been so great. I'm so happy we did this. Yes, me too. And uh, Nicole, please shout out your social media handles and your website and everything. Where can people go online to find out more about the I Am Possible Foundation? Yeah, so um, Instagram is the I Am Possible Foundation. And then our website is www.iampossiblefoundation.co.uk. So yeah, go check us out. Um, Check out our ambassadors. They're doing some awesome work as well. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys at the next Tough Mudder or something. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think when um when the world opens back up again, I think we need to meet in person. I have always wanted to go to the UK and I think that would be a lovely excuse. So <laughs> someday we'll, be, we'll get the chance to meet in person. I am in, but only if there's a tough mutter involved. I'm kidding. I will go to the UK and meet Nicole anytime. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, again, thank you so, so much, Nicole, for being with us today. Um, Guys, if you are listening, please, it would really help us out if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen um, so we can reach more people. Again, as we've talked about on this episode and others, having this kind of community and this way to engage with each other is so important for folks with limb differences. And you rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast will help us do that. Um, So if you enjoyed this episode, please go back and listen to our other episodes that we've done so far. I think you'll find value you in those two. And subscribe so you don't miss any future ones too. Exactly. Exactly. And be sure to subscribe um, or not subscribe, but follow I Am Possible Foundation on Instagram. I love all of their posts. They're so uplifting, so engaging, and so informative. So I think that's all we had for today. And we are going to sign off and we will see you next uh, two Mondays from now. Yeah, so. absolutely. Apparently with dating is what we're going to do next. So I, I said <laughs> it on this podcast, so now we have to. You sure so. did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.